Welcome to Please Don't Kick Me Out, a podcast about imposter syndrome. This podcast started with me just kind of interviewing my friends, and now we're at a point where I'm interviewing people who inspire me. Every week you are going to hear how someone else identifies with the feeling of not fitting in and success. So let's just hop into the episode and thank you for all of your continued support. my goodness, I am so excited to announce that of merch, it is my 90s fantasy. And I just have to say thank you to my friend, dear, dear friend, Lara, who is the second guest ever of my podcast. We just celebrated one year of the podcast. We now have a lovely website. She helped me help computer. Uh, and uh, so if you want to live your 90s fantasy, we've got mugs, we've got blankets, we've got fanny packs. We're, we're working on a denim jacket. There's a lot. There's a lot going on. So go to please don't kick me slash shop and buy some merch, y'all. This week's episode features Chloe Henderson, a fellow podcaster. I was on her podcast called OIC. It's a fun conversation. And fun fact, this this person lives down the street from me. I mean, podcasting has connected me to so many cool people that I can now call friends and family. And so thank you so much for your support. And I hope you enjoy the episode. Hey, how's it going? <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm excited <laughs> to talk to you today. I know. I'm so excited. Um, to my listeners, of course, this is Please Don't Kick Me Out, the podcast about imposter syndrome. And the bright and cheerful voice you're hearing on the other end is Chloe Henderson. Now, Chloe, uh, the reason why I'm this excited to have you on the podcast is, of course, because you are a fellow content creator. So mm-hmm. do you want to give your elevator pitch, who you are, what you do, etc.? cetera? Oof. Okay. Um, so my name is Chloe Henderson. I run my own podcast, OIC. I am a journalist major and a content coordinator, but I would normally just identify as a podcaster because that's really what I enjoy doing. Yeah, yeah. And I found you through, of course, matchmaker.fm, which we yes, I yes. talk ad nauseum about. And when I was on your podcast, which I'll, of course, share the link to in this description, uh, we just had such a fun chat and realized mm. that you and I like not only live miles apart from one another like yes. you're you're at you're on Camp Pendleton and I'm like in East County but like we're not that far apart love all of the same things and actually have eerily similar career paths yeah. <laughs> so yeah. it's kind of like we were destined to be friends so I'm yeah. excited to have you on the podcast, of course, because I love getting everyone's perspective on imposter syndrome. And it's been such a journey over the last year. And I was thinking when I press, press record and I saying, how's it going? I've never done that in a year. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> never done that. Why did I do that? But anyway, um, I'm excited to have you on. So let's start with the first question. Okay. Do you feel like you have it all figured out? <clears throat> no, <laughs> no. Uh, I mean, I don't think I've ever in my entire life have ever been confident on what the hell I'm doing, to be honest with you. <laughs> um, and it's funny because, oh, I'm sorry. Um, it's funny because I didn't know that what imposter syndrome was until about two years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I did, I was like, no shit. Be- because it was just like, I have all these symptoms. <laughs> I was diagnosing myself from, uh, you know, WebMD or whatever. Like, <laughs> but have I had a um, Catherine Holly on, who's an expert in um, imposter syndrome, and talking about that and normalizing it because I'm like, I have anxiety because I feel like I don't know what I'm doing. 
And especially nowadays, like I'm only 24. So I really started feeling anxiety as far as like, I don't know what I'm doing in high school because my high school really pressured, like you're going to college, figure out what you want to yeah, do. Yeah. And I'm like 17, 18, like I have no, I, I guess I'll be a biology major. <laughs> like <laughs> I have A's in biology and chemistry. I'll do that. And then going through half a college going, I don't want to do this anymore, you know, and then feeling like a failure because I'm, I'm switching majors, you know, so it started really there and it doesn't get better until you realize that it's normal, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, similar to you, I started out, well, my parents were like, you have to go to college. It's non-negotiable, you know? And Mm -hmm. I, I didn't really want to go. And I think I just, I, but I think in, in the United States and um, a couple of people I've talked to around the world, I think um, westernized uh, westernized education pushes you into college yeah. mm-hmm. and it's definitely a machine for sure. Um, and I, I think like something that we're realizing is that like college isn't for everyone. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, you're, yeah. you're really just, you're really just in college to get a piece of paper. And then what you take, do with that paper, it's like kind of like the Bible, it's up for interpretation. Yeah. Like just because you have, it doesn't mean that you're an expert. Like I, I, I had no idea what I was doing. Sorry, if you hear some clinking in the background, my dog has decided that it's crinkly toy time. <laughs> Great, buddy. I forgot to take his collar off, but whatever. We're low budget here. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, it's, it's, I didn't really want to go. And so my parents were like, well, too bad. So I picked the call. I, I, I'm terrible at standardized testing because I have undi- I had undiagnosed ADHD until I was 30. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, I didn't want to retake my ACT, which is so funny. Cause when I say everyone says that they took SATs, no, I only took AC for my ACT Me too. and yeah. I got the lowest score to get into like the, the, the furthest college away that wasn't shitty. And so mm-hmm. I chose that one. Cause my parents were like, you can't go out of state. And I was like, damn it. Cause I wanted to go to Hawaii <laughs> and, um, and they're like, no, you can't go out of state. So I, well, and then my, our my only option for California was Chico. My parents were like, absolutely not Chico. I was like, okay. So I, so I ended up going to uh, university of Northern Colorado and I wanted to be an art major. I wanted to be a graphic designer. And I remember mm-hmm. like taking my first semester of art school and everyone around me was fucking way more talented. And mm-hmm. I would just like be, you know, I realize now it's an ADHD trait, but I would be like trying to finish the most simple task and having the hardest time with it. And I'd be like in tears at like midnight, mm-hmm. you know, trying to like get this color wheel done perfectly. And I couldn't do it. Um, but I was like, I was a whiz at art history, but I was terrible at like, there's just the fundamental basics of art. And I had mm-hmm. this little tiny Dutch professor named Seeger Harkers. And he like would give all of the girls that were prettier in the class A's. It felt like and he, kept, he gave me a B. And so I was like, I'm not going to do well if I, cause I really wanted to high achieve and I, and I, I'm not going to do well in art if I can't like even get an A in fundamentals, like what am I right. doing? So I switched yeah. majors um, and I switched to communications and journalism because I was a newspaper editor all through high school. But I remember feeling like a failure when I thought mm-hmm. that I wanted to do that. And then it didn't turn out the way that I thought. And it, it can feel like weird because it's like, I don't know, college is so like up for interpretation. It's like what you make it. And I, I just think I like never really fit in throughout college and like had no idea what I was doing. And then when I graduated, I had no idea. So I think that's pretty normal. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it is pretty normal, but at that time, like going into college, you obviously don't want to switch majors because a big thing that was preached to us was like, figure out what you want to do. Cause you want to switch and then waste all the money you spent on all these courses that mm-hmm. don't even apply. But in reality, all of my friends switched majors. Cause we didn't like you, it's not like you can intern before you go into college and be like, Oh, I really don't like this. Yeah. Which, you know what I mean? So 
in when I went to, I went to EKU for my first year um, in Kentucky and I got married right out of high school. Okay. Um, and so literally two weeks after my high school graduation, I got married and that fell apart very quickly. So I'm halfway through my first year of college. Shit's getting toxic in my marriage. Things are getting very, very ugly. I drop out of college for like a couple months after my first year. I get divorced. I feel like a complete failure. I'm back at home, even though I'm only 19, but like, you know, 18, you're like so naive and you're going to take on the world. And for me, I'm getting married. I'm going to start my career. I'm going to do all this different stuff, you know, uh, very naive. That all fails. I super down the dumps. I go back to college um, at Thomas More, which is a private college in Kentucky. Um, and I'm going back for biology and I, I never had to work for my grades in high mm-hmm. school ever. Never really had to study. I had straight A's third of my class, I go into a private college and I'm the dumbest person. <laughs> like oh, no. we're in biology and granted, I'm sure these people studied, you know what I mean? Like I, I never did it. So we're going over meiosis and mitosis and I had taken a, a few months off. So I wasn't, you know, I wasn't up to speed and everyone else is like on top of it. And I remember we're doing this group project and I couldn't even grasp like what the project was about. And my like my team members were looking at me like why the fuck are you even in biology like if you're not understanding this and I was just like devastated you know because I never really felt that and so I went in my chemistry class again same thing and I'm like oh my god like I I can't do this so literally a week before my uh, my final I dropped out of that college (laughs) And, (laughs) and um and I'm like, well, I got to do something. I have like two years under my belt at this point. Um, and I switched to like journalism. Yeah. Um, and I loved it. I love journalism. I could switch to online because I was working construction at the time. So I finished my last two years on the road. Um, I I felt like I was good at it. Mm-hmm. You know? um, it gave me more creative control, which I realized I guess I kind of needed because I'm very right and left brain. Like I feel like they're balanced and I can't, I, I had to pick one side or the other. And I had been so yeah. oriented towards um, biology when I was taking college courses on biology and chemistry in high school. Like I had been so left brain oriented for like five years that I think I just need to rest that part and go back and like really get in tune with like journalism and and writing again and all that stuff so it really was like oh okay like it was a a nice breath of fresh air you know what I mean and then you get a degree and I was telling you actually when you were on my podcast last week about like uh yeah a lot of people were like journalism's dead (laughs) I got like a degree in journalism and they're like oh yeah that's not a thing anymore like oh cool um so as it's funny because as far as imposter syndrome, whenever I feel like I have something figured out, I don't, which I guess is just how life is for everybody. <laughs> yeah, I think like that's totally normal. And it's like the more conversations I have and the more like I, I normalize it for myself, the more I believe it. It's like, you know, every like 
I don't think anyone sets out to just do like, I think it's weird when someone like knows what they've wanted to do their entire life. Yeah. Like, I'm like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. You know, like I couldn't have imagined graduating college in 2010, like where I would have ended up or what I would be doing. I wouldn't Mm -hmm. definitely couldn't have predicted that I'd be talking in a microphone to someone who lives 20 miles from me, (laughs) you know, and, and like, and like, we're both like sharing same, similar experiences. Um, and, uh, something I'm, I'm helping my friend right now through a divorce. Um, she's, Mm. uh, 23 and it, it was very quickly toxic and, um, she always says to me, she's like, and I don't know if you felt this and I'm only bringing it up because I'm curious. Mm-hmm. She, can, why would you pick the loudest toy? <laughs> it's like this, uh, it's this, uh, it's a laptop that like, it's called like zooming with my, my furry friends or something like that from BarkBox. And it's the most obnoxious toy. And I thought, I thought I'd taken it out of the office, but clearly I did not. Um, anyway, so, uh, something she says is like, as she's been starting to talk about her divorce and, and, Mm -hmm. and finalizing, she's realized that it's pretty normal. Like it's, it's, especially in the military, it's way more normal. Oh yeah you have a quickly ended toxic relationship. Mm -hmm. And so she's felt more comfortable talking about it, but like, did it make you feel like, especially if you like, it it might've, I have no idea like what happened afterwards, but like, did it make you like, feel like you would be like an imposter, so to speak? Like if you ever step back into dating? An imposter if I step back into dating. Um, hmm. Well, I guess I've never really thought about it. That uh, I'll tell you what, I feel uncomfortable dating. because I had my mindset on it so long about this whole marriage thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know, you know, how, I mean, di- unfortunately divorce in the military is so high. So I'm really sorry to hear about your friend. Um, oh yeah. She's a, she's an officer in the military. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah so, you know, and you, you know, you're, mil- and they tend to females in the military, as I, as I will say is females in the military tend to pick um, because they're so, I mean, they try to say it's equal in the in the military for women because your sister's in, right? Uh, she wasn't. She wasn't. So, but you can understand, like, right. what I'm saying. But they tend to, especially people in leadership, they tend to pick. They tend to pick, pick people that they have to fix. Mm. I don't know why that is, but it's resoundingly across the board. If their their first marriage is typically a fixer, and mm. then and 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 it's usually like there was a lot of red flags, but they're they have so much structure and stability in their work life that mm-hmm. it ends up like being like they have to have like chaos in their personal life. I I think it also might be true for men, but I know this is especially true of my female friends in the military is that like they're typically if they choose someone it's like a basket case and they have to like fix all their problems. Wow, I I've heard that as far as dating like in general like your first person's usually it's a big fling, it's a fixer upper, the second one's kind of boring cuz you're looking for stability and the third one's like perfect. That's what I guess I've heard. so. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I had to go through the whole gamut of dating. I was with someone for, for two years. Um, mm-hmm. and then I thought that was going to be my everything. And I, I was friends with all of his friends. Big mistake. Don't ever do that listeners. Mm-hmm. Get your own fucking friends. Yeah. Like Jesus, <laughs> just a fucking idiot. I was so stupid in my twenties. Honestly, I, I, if I could go back in time, like everyone asks this question in interviews a lot, like, what would you tell your former self? I'd be like, don't change anything, but you're just an idiot for like a majority of your twenties. Yeah. yeah so yeah. it's nice when I hear someone that's 24, who was wildly more mature than I was at 24. I'll tell you what. Um, but so my first, my first serious relationship out of college was two years. And then I had moved back in with my parents. Cause we broke up and I was between jobs, moved back in with my parents, mm-hmm. took a job. And I went around the country. 
I should, you know, I went around the country doing promotional marketing and that was a really great way to spend the summer. And then I started dating this other guy and I think it was more of a rebound. I don't think I was really over the two year loss of relationship. And then I I dated someone abroad. Well, he broke up with me. (laughs) I don't think I've ever told this story, but he broke up with me. He asked me, so I took a job in Denver. I was, I was interning at a company in Boulder. And then I took a job in Denver, Colorado. And I, uh, I, it wasn't, I was being underpaid, but I, so, but he like had an apartment that was month to month. It was relatively inexpensive. He's like, why don't you just like move in with me? And I was like, okay. So I did because I was like not independent and very stupid. Just like I did with my like first boyfriend out of college, I lived with him. Mm-hmm. And so I moved in and then like, uh, he took me to like meet his parents for Christmas and he took me to like um, you know, like, and then, and then on New Year's Eve, he was like having New Year's Eve with my dream girl. And then not two weeks oh. later, I get, he's being really weird all day, like, um, in text message, but I don't really think about it. Mm-hmm. And I worked about a mile from our apartment in Capitol Hill and, or his apartment, I should say. And I'm driving back home and I like get there and he's like crying on the couch, like with a handwritten letter and a check for the dresser that we'd bought together to like pay <laughs> me for it. And was like, I just don't think it, this is it. And I like need you to like leave. And I was like, what, what the fuck? He had already deleted me as a friend on Facebook, blocked me, removed every photo, every trace that we'd ever been dating. We're dating for six months and just like yeeted me out of his life. And he actually lives. Yeah. He actually lives in Encinitas. He's now bald. My friend Katrina is probably listening. I have nothing nice to say about him, but you know what I will say? Thank you for breaking up with me because without him breaking up with me, I never would have gained true uh, independence. So after that, my, pa- I, I talked to my work and they were like, I was like, I can't afford to live in Denver. And they pay, they gave me a $5,000 pay increase for, um, for annually. And we're nice. like, and so I was able to find a studio apartment, adopt my own dog. And then I dated someone abroad for a year. And mm-hmm. so that like helped me really gain independence. Cause when I was in a long distance relate, it was, I, I'm very much a, like a lover of love. And I think I always wanted to find my person, but I just was like doing it in stupid ways. And like, I don't know. So I, I dated this guy for a year that didn't work out obviously. Cause he was like a parent, he lived with his parents and stuff and he was just like, couldn't do anything for himself. And so broke up with him. And then, and then I just kind of had a series of, then I, then I had a series of abusive relationships. Oh. Um, I had not, and there's always, there's always a little bit of abuse in every single relationship I had, but like, yeah, these were really bad. So I had, an, <laughs> I dated an air traffic controller, um, who was legitimately insane, really? like, like, like an alcoholic insane. And then like, tried to like gaslight me that I was the alcoholic and that I was insane. Oh. And so, um, I, yeah, he was awful. Um, and then I didn't really realize that he was like abusive until like, it would just like slap me in the face. And that I took a trip to see my sister and he was upset that I didn't bring, bring him. And I was like, why would I bring you? It's a trip to see my sister. Like I, yeah. I need, to, I'm able to go do things on myself. And every time I'd like try to break up with him, cause he made, you know, so much money, like fuck you money being an ATC mm-hmm. every time, which terrifies me that people like this do air traffic control, <laughs> like people who like are legit, That's like true. drunk. Like, no. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so he would like book a trip. So like, for instance, like I was like going to break up with him and he's like, let's go to steamboat Springs for the weekend. I'd be like, okay, well maybe it's not that bad. And then, (laughs) and then he was, we went to Puerto Rico together and I will tell you, he didn't ruin Puerto Rico for me in the sense that like I could decompartmentalize that like he wasn't there. 
I just mm-hmm. was like enjoying Puerto Rico. And then I'm like, in my, in my, in my memories, he wasn't there. Um, so I broke up with him and then I didn't date for a while because he, he created phone numbers on like a bunch of burner phones. He was writing Whoa. on Reddit. He contacted all of my ex-boyfriends and was saying I cheated on them. So then they were contacting me, which gave my first boyfriend of two years, the authority to tell me that in fact, he was fucking cheating on me the entire time. <gasps> And I was like, so then he like reopened a bunch more wounds. I was like, oh my God. So I didn't date for a while. And then I started dating this guy in law school um, named Ben. And Ben was um, abusive, gaslighty, and such a narcissist. And he tried to ruin my friend's wedding and he wasn't even there. Uh, So I broke up with him really fast after I met his mom. And I realized he and his mom have an Oedipus complex. And I was like, ew. Ew. So my, my husband knows all of these boyfriends by different like nicknames. So we've got like, you know, ATC, we've got Oedipus complex. We've got, you know, um, so many other things. So like everyone has a nickname, which I think like sex in the city kind of normalized. So I'm just like baking, you never want to date again. And that's fine. Um, and then I just didn't really date for a while. And then this is the scrape in the bottom of the barrel for me. I dated the barista that, that was across the street from my work. And I thought it was going to be the one I thought it was kismet. And here's why I met him when I was doing promotional marketing at a beer, uh, at at two separate beer conventions in two separate States where he was, he was playing rugby or whatever. So I met him in Memphis where he's from and he like went back to try and get my number, but I had already left. Mm -hmm. And then, um, and then I met him again at another beer fair, a mere beer festival, but he was playing rugby in Lyons, Colorado. And he, again, he was like going to try and get my phone number, but I had left. So, um, I thought that that was grounds of like, what a meet cute. Cause then he worked across the street from me and he managed that Starbucks. He and I didn't work out for a number of reasons. Cocaine his main one like cocaine he, was, is but he wasn't one. like, but he wasn't like fun cocaine, like do it at a party. He was like cocaine and like, let's play, let's watch Jeopardy and drink wine. And I was like, that's not fun for anyone. Yeah. And, um, he, he was just an asshole. And when I broke up with him, I had bought tickets cause he loves the chargers. I had bought tickets to take him to the Broncos chargers game. I ended up taking one of my best friends, Sarah. And, uh, he, he's, he, I blocked him on everything. Cause he just went, went nuts. He like, he was so coked out after, after we broke up that he was like, let's get married. I'm booking a flight. Like, let's go to Vegas. Let's elope. And I was like, ew, God. like, no. Uh-uh. Yeah. I don't want this. And he tried to like basically throw my college degree in my face. And it's like, it's not my fault that you've been at Starbucks for eight years and you're two credits away from finishing your degree. And uh, you're ta- looking down at me for what reason? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I don't think a college degree makes anyone better than another person. I really don't. But mm-hmm. I also didn't like that. He was like saying that I had privilege because I had a degree. It's like, no, Shut like up, anyone, dude. everyone has access to a degree if they want it and you have access and you're not taking it. So shut up, you know? So, mm-hmm. um, so I, after that, I was like, I am so done dating and I just can't do it. Like, this is just gross. But when I went to the football game, he sent me an email and the email said, you're a bitch as the subject line <laughs> to my work email, to my work email. So my work saw it and it was like, all of my friends hate you. I hate you enjoy the fucking football game. Cause I wouldn't let him go with me. He thought that he thought that I would give him legitimately. This man thought I would give him the tickets that I purchased for him and I to go to him. And I was like, Mm-mm. that's not how it goes. What? That's not how it goes, buddy. 
Oh my god, the subject line. The subject line. You're a bitch. bitch. (laughs) (laughs) So uh suffice to say that like after like I don't know, dating was just ugh, like you have all the apps, it's just not fun. And so um, you know, going back to the original question, like as a person who was young and married and had that very toxic relationship do Mm -hmm. you feel like weird when you do enter the dating world again or do you feel like it's more normal that we've all had kind of toxic things fall apart I will say um after talking to everyone I think there's abuse in every relationship Mm -hmm. the severity changes so it may be you know physical abuse obviously that's very severe but there's gonna always be um, emotional and mental abuse I really do believe because humans are just manipulative, you know? Mm-hmm. So whether it's just passive aggressiveness or it gets even further and more manipulative, everyone experiences that. Um, and so I've been able to cope a little bit better to, you know, everything that kind of went down. Yeah. Um, but as far as dating, I haven't had a, an exclusive relationship since I got divorced. It, there's been a lot of drunk makeouts, <laughs> a lot of uh, <laughs> dates, like singular dates, but nothing super exclusive because it's, God, it's fucking exhausting it is it, and it sounds like I sound ridiculous I understand because I'm 24 but I mentally feel like I'm 50 <laughs> I, I'm 50 50 <laughs> yes seriously like some of this shit I'm like I can't I can't be bothered with and I've tried dating apps I can't I can't even like I couldn't picture back. you I can't picture you on a dating app honestly like the reason why is because I think you're like a fully formed human who like doesn't need another person <laughs> and and like I just your dating profile will be like ugh. Just yeah. like eye roll emoji <laughs> <laughs> wow wow you know me so well you know but um, if you did have one here's what I would suggest your profile be okay um, it would have to be drag race related because you need to be with someone drag race that understands drag race. Right, right, right. Because we look, just so my listeners know, uh, it's no, it's no, they know I'm basically a gay man in a woman's body. It's fine. <laughs> um, but I love drag race. And so you'd have to be like, like, tell me your drag name or like, tell me, like, if, if, if we're doing lip sync for your life, like, tell me, tell me what, what song you'd go to or something like drag yeah. related. And I think that would be such a conversation thing, but like men are boring. So. I will tell you, I, I have a Tinder. Okay. Um, and I haven't got on it in months, but I will tell you my original Tinder it's, I've never been on a, a, a date from with someone from Tinder or Bumble, even though I've had them. I just, I'm literally my friend yells at me back home, like, you're such a ghoster. And I do, I get turned off so easily, even because I think it's called a sapiosexual where you're turned on by intelligence and conversation. Yep. And if I can't have a conversation with you, not fucking interested. Oh my God. Well, okay. So like, let's talk about like, the like, are you, are you, when you're on these apps, are you looking at men, women, or just men? Men. Okay. Just men. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I never want to assume just like, we never want to. No, no, no. That's very. But I'm asking. Right. So men are straight men are the most boring people <laughs> on like, the planet and all, all of them okay so like if you're swiping especially in california i it, this is what it was like in colorado oh, guy holding fish hiking photo ugly <laughs> sunglasses dad fast jeans, pro shop fast yeah. pro shop dad jeans hunting no thank you oh here we go uh you know like one of those uh caps with the wide bill i don't know what they're called yeah Flat you know, bill. Yeah, flat yeah, flat bill, flat bill, flat bill, pretty lights fan, bass nectar fan, canceled by. Um, you know, and it's like just keep going and then like uh, it's just not yeah. fun. So I don't I don't envy that. But in California, I can only imagine it's like oh, it's like yoga, green yeah. juice, 
Um, yeah. And then, and Boba. then like, yeah, yeah. And then Earthy. where we are, yeah. everyone's in the military. Okay, here's the thing. Yeah, so my <laughs> my original profile was, um, I'll roast you or something like <laughs> that. Like, let's roast each other, right? Because I truly, if you love me, you will insult the shit out of me. I like, roast my husband all the time on this podcast. Okay, yeah, like, <laughs> I literally want you to hurt my feelings to where I'm up at night, like, why did he fucking say that? Like, that's my love language. And I don't have a lot of friends because I roast them out of love and they're like, you're a fucking bitch. Oh, I, I'll take it all day. I roast myself. Yeah, like, that's what and I, I- I have no shame. I tell people, I, I tell people when I crap myself, like, yeah. which has happened more than once this year, where yes. I'm like, oh, it happened again. It's like, and they're yeah. like, you're like, why are you like this? I'm like, I don't know. Okay. Like I didn't have friends growing up. <laughs> right. It, it's like, <laughs> like, that's just what I do. So I had that, like, let's roast each other. And Uh-oh. of course guys are like, okay, roast me then. And they're all military guys and I'm from a military family. Uh-oh. So I would roast the shit out of them. No response. So they'd be like, damn, like, what do you, what do you want? <laughs> like, ow. Like, yeah. What that do hurt you me in my pension. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So like I took that out of my bio because after six times of them being like, dude, this isn't fun. <laughs> like I'm having a great time. Okay. Um, yeah. I, I think, I think, if, yeah, you could take that out. I think so. My profile when I used to be on it was we're probably never meeting. Do you know how much that pisses off straight white men? <sighs> <laughs> like I had a friend. Okay. This is a great example. My friend Brandy, she, um, she's actually been a podcast guest. I think she was a guest number eight or something, but my friend Brandy is a content creator and she lives in uh, Denver mm-hmm. and Brandy recently posted to her Instagram, this conversation she was having with this guy oh, and she like, so she texts him and like, she's a sapiosexual similar to you. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she goes, she, so she basically texts him. She's like, Hey, cause they chatted on the phone, but they haven't met. And she's like, I'm just gotta be honest. Like I'm not feeling a spark and initial connection. So I just really don't think I want to meet. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I wish you all the best and, you know, like, I hope that you find what you're looking for. And he comes back at her so defensive. He's like, Oh yeah. How would you know that we have nothing in, like that? We don't have that spark, that it factor. I'm a handsome dude. I'm really oh, attractive, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, and she was like, well, that response actually clearly is the reason yeah. that I like, don't want to date you. And maybe thank we should you be for validating. Thank you for validating that you are yeah. a D bag. But they have such fragile egos. And it's like, I don't know how I met my husband, who is such an ally, who, you know, oh, is is very awesome. like he he's he's an ally. He, you know, he's had trans trans sailors that he's helped. Um, mm-hmm. you know, he's just a good, good man. And I and it almost didn't happen. And I we matched on Tinder. He invited me to a shitty bar. I was like, who's this guy in his navy whites? No way. And yeah. uh, because I was in Denver and that's not normal. But but basically, like it's the average person on these apps is so boring. I can't picture you as someone boring. I, I just had to have good conversation. I yeah. really, that's all I need. I need someone like that's listening for the conversation, not because of an ulterior motive. Like that's so fucking transparent. Don't act like you care because you want to get my pants. That's so, I could see, girls can see that so fast. Oh, so don't yeah. even try that. Yeah. Um, and like, I, when I was like texting people through Tinder, it was like, I, I go so easily because I'm so turned off by the conversation. But Same. then I'm, like, I'm yeah. like, Chloe, like you obviously you can't feel chemistry over text. So just no. meet with these guys. Don't but, put your guard down. That's how people get murdered. 
well, I think people were like, your standards are too high. I'm like, not, re- I just you can have, have high promise. standards. You can have high standards. Like, yeah, you're, you're, you are asking for the most basic fundamental thing. Are they a good, well, Nicole Byer from why won't you date me? And on um, all of her accolades and other things, she always says that like, sometimes it feels like the text, like the text conversation, like if it's really, really good, sometimes it, it can be like a letdown in person, mm. which is true. Cause sometimes I've had that happen. However, I think, I think I'm, I text because I text rapid fire because I have ADHD, which I realize now, but, <laughs> and, but I, I expect someone to text me in that same way. And when they were like turned off by that way, I text, it would like hurt my feelings. Cause I was like, oh, like, I I'm, I, I like, I know that I'm like, I'm no, I'm a lot, but if I'm too much for you. And then the other thing that would annoy me when I was dating was the people that are like, oh yeah, I can make time in like four weeks. Yeah. What do you have going on? <laughs> Are you, what do you, do you have a date every single day? What is this? The bachelor? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I didn't like it when people like, wouldn't make me feel like a priority, but, um, you know, so I think keep your standards high, Chloe. Like, don't even, yeah. don't even, don't even, don't for a second drop your guard because I don't want to watch Dateline and wonder who killed you, but I will <laughs> no. know it's probably someone from, it's probably someone in the military. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, no, like, that's the thing. I spent so many years, especially after the divorce, hating myself and like deprecating on myself. Mm-hmm. Where now I finally am okay and realize it's not narcissistic or conceited to respect myself. Yeah. So even though there are some times where I'm like, maybe your standards are too high, I can't, whether it's out of pride or whether it's out of self-respect, sometimes I blur those now. Yeah. I can't see myself lowering my standards because of, like you said, fundamental things. Just yeah. because like I'm 24 and other 24 year olds are going to act like this. Like, no, I don't have to do that. And honestly, I'm not wasting my time. I have like so little energy now because of work and with the podcast. And, yep. stuff. and then you're, you got your nieces and your nephews, right? With yeah. You? Yeah, exactly. So like, no, <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I can't be bothered with all this shit. And I tell you what, like, I like how you're telling me men are boring, men are trash. <laughs> I, I had this, um, guy messaged me on Instagram I think like last year right Uh-oh. and he's like hey you're gorgeous whatever like whatever they say and I'm like and it said like you have three mutual friends and I was like oh thank you very Uh-oh. much um I was like thank you very much do I do I know you we have like I don't know if we know each other do we go to the same high school and he messaged like immediately and he's like I didn't know how to fucking know you to compliment you thanks for being a cunt and I was like so confused and I was like oh no no no! I was just saying that because I saw we had mutual friends didn't know if we're in the same class but thank you for validating that men are trash like (laughs) and and that's such a bad thing to say Uh, not all men are trash but I was like oh that was just the mood I was in okay okay I'm like you were gonna be defensive that quickly okay cool 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 cool. yeah yeah so like okay so I have it I've only talked about this one other time on my podcast but I'm straight up pissed off right now can I and like about lift um, so I, right after you and I recorded your podcast, my friends were like, what are you doing? Like, come out and drink with us, celebrate. We, we are, um, we just bought a condo in Hillcrest and they were like doing their final walkthrough or whatever. And so I met them at Uptown Tavern, which is of course a gay there. And mm-hmm. I, um, met them. I was, and I met them there. We had some champers and, and just like sat in the sun, ate some food, had a really good kiki. I got an Uber and I called my Lyft to go home. Cause they were, they were like, do we want to keep drink, drinking? Oh, we have the car. And I was like, you shouldn't be drinking and driving. 
like get in your vehicle and leave. And mm -hmm. so, and then they were like asking me if I wanted to ride, which like I'm way out of their way. And I, I didn't want to get in the car with people who had been drinking. So I, yeah. um, which I mean, I, they're bears. I'm sure the champagne didn't even touch them, but regardless, I, I was just like my own safety. I will get a lift. That's safe. Right. Mm -hmm. So I call a lift and I get in the car and the guy starts to say really homophobic things. <gasps> and that he doesn't like picking up fares in this area. And then my husband calls me, of course, because like when your husband's deployed, they're gonna call you at a really inconvenient time. He yeah. calls me while I'm in the car and he's like, why are you? And I, I sounded, my, to my, my husband said, I sounded terrified. Mm -hmm. Like, and my, I texted my friends that were at the bar and I was like, hey, like I just got in a really homophobic lift. I'm gonna share my location with you so that you know where I'm at because I feel uncomfortable and they're like oh my god tuck and roll I'm like I'm on the eight I can't tuck and roll out of the yeah, <laughs> yeah it's not I gotta go home so after my husband calls this guy starts then talking about saying misogynistic things and insinuating that I'm alone which you don't per sec you don't ever want to say that you're alone by yourself as a female per right. sec is personal personal security um and especially important like you like there's, there's certain things you don't want to do like put like navy wife on your on your bumper sticker or you know like all these things there's that's per sec mm -hmm. um and so he starts like, you know, trying to tell me like, oh, like a woman's place is in the kitchen and like, blah, 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 blah. And so I'm feeling like wildly uncomfortable. And at this point, like, um, I'm getting close to my house and I'm thinking like my house is behind another house on an easement. And I'm thinking like, I just want to get out of this car. So I was like, sir, can you just stop? Can I get out? And he's like, no, no, no. I'm a nice guy. I'm driving you to your destination. And I was like, I don't feel comfortable with this. And I like, I have my finger on the lock so he can't automatically lock the doors. Cause for some reason it just like felt uncomfortable. Like my hair was wow. standing up on my neck. I was feeling so creeped out mm -hmm. and he had the door on his dashboard. His name was D E V I D David. And when he get, when I, when I get out of the car, he was like, well, I'm going to, I'm a nice guy. I, I got you to your destination. He was like, and he was like, and I'm just, you know, I'm just saying like, he just said, he's like, I just, it just feels like, cause I think he heard my conversation. So I think he knew I was alone, which is not good. Mm -hmm. And he's like, I'm just saying like, women should be careful and blah, blah, blah. I'm going to watch you walk into your door. And I was like, I have cameras and I can protect myself. I was like, you need to leave. Yeah. And I called mm -hmm. my neighbor, Monica was outside and I said, Monica, like this car needs to leave. And she was like, I'm watching. She was like, sir, you dropped her off, like go. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, um, this all happens. And, um, you know, now that it's been two weeks, like the story jumbles in my brain, I rate him a one and I say he was homophobic and misogynistic and I didn't feel comfortable. And, uh, I don't feel, I don't believe he's within Lyft's community standards. Mm -hmm. And I guess that that negative review, there was no recourse that I could like call to explain or someone could call me and like look at my profile because I've had Demi Lovato as a Lyft driver I've I've done focus groups with Lyft I've used Lyft for seven and a half years mm -hmm. and I went to do a target pickup this week so think so now it's been two weeks and I've taken other Lyft rides since then because I went to a party last weekend oh no wait I have my weekends flipped I went to the party no no actually <laughs> no, actually, no. So the part that last weekend was when we recorded. So yeah. So I went to a party that weekend. So this had already happened a week prior, a week prior. Mm -hmm. So, um, I was at target and I was, I checked my emails to grab my, my code for the drive up. And it says your account, hi, Lyft here. You violated Lyft standards. Your account has been deactivated while we investigate safety. You threatened a driver with a gun. What the hell? And I responded back and I said, I am a woman with a deployed spouse. I had a very misogynistic Lyft driver. I had a homophobic Lyft driver. I, I burst into tears, of course. You know, I was yeah, like, oh my I God. Mean, like, and I was like, I have a deployed spouse. You activated my access to transportation. What if I didn't have a vehicle? 
What yeah. if I had already taken a ride and was stranded somewhere? You didn't mm -hmm. think to call me. Yeah. You didn't believe that you owed me a phone call based on my history. And they responded back and they're like, well, there's two sides to every story. So we're going to reactivate your account. And we're so sorry, but we just, this is a knee jerk reaction. We have to do that. And I was like, I am a tiny blonde female. I'm five foot three, 125 pounds. Mm -hmm. I do own a gun, but I would never, ever, if uh -huh. someone was to break into my house, never think to grab it. Yeah. I don't like shooting. I, I, I just, I was so in shock, so disgusted by it. Yeah, that is disgusting. Men are trash. And like the fact that I rated him a one and said, I, because I'm, my understanding is that I have a bad experience. I can rate them a three or below and I never see them again. And I never rate a one ever. Very rarely. You could, you could ride, you could drive down the wrong side of a one-way street and I would at maximum give you a four. Like at minimum, <laughs> give you a four. I'd be like, whatever, you got me to my decision. It's fine. The yeah. only options to report, by the way, for Lyft is if you're being assaulted or if they're drunk, there wow. are no other tools to help. And so this is why I'm upset because I know that I'm a, a white woman, a white woman, a cisgendered white woman. And I know that this is the, as a woman, I feel uncomfortable multiple times and in the Me Too era, whatever. This is why I'm upset. You said I'm not within community standards, but here's the thing. What if it was my black or brown brothers or sisters? What if it was my queer or trans friends? Mm -hmm. This is not a safe man. Yeah. That was not a safe experience. And there's no, there's no way to anonymously report it. This man knows where I live. Yeah. That's a scary point. And if, and then, so this, so I called Lyft and I said, I feel like I'm owed a conversation. I said, I feel like, and they looked through all of the messaging. It was this man in India, this poor thing. And I'm like in tears. Cause I woke up and I was very angry about it. I slept on it. Still angry. I'm still angry right now. Like mm -hmm. I'm downloading Uber to use Uber tonight. I'm not using Lyft. I'm pissed. Yeah. And I said, I need Lyft corporate to call me. Like I want to give you feedback. I don't want, and I, I said, I want nothing. I want no recourse for the driver. I want no recourse for the driver. I don't give a fuck. I don't give a fuck. Fuck you, David. Mm -hmm. Fuck you, David. Big middle finger. I've already canceled you in Hillcrest, by the way, David. But <laughs> I, I want more options for safety. Like you say yeah. you're inclusive. You say you're a safe company then why, why was my one star then negated? And I'm, I was told I had a weapon. Like the fuck is that? And yeah. you canceled my account immediately without calling me. That's what's crazy is I was going to say, well, maybe since he made the, the complaint first, that's why they bleed it. But your review was first. So they should have definitely checked in like, okay, well he reported this, but why? Oh, she reported a one star. Like, don't just automatically believe yeah, the man. Yeah, yeah. So that goes on to my minister trash. It was actually going to be my unpopular opinion, but oof, sorry. Like I just, you're a friend no, of mine you... now. And I was like, and I just feel like I had to tell you that like, this is like been bugging the shit out of me. And I brought it up with Diane Winger. And at the time of this releasing it, this, this interview will have already released. And I brought it up and she said like, the reason I'm so angry is mm -hmm. because of having ADHD and being neuro neurodivergent, I have rejection sensitivity, but also I haven't gotten closure for a lot of my painful experiences. Like I don't have closure uh -huh. right now and I'm mad about it. You Okay. You need closure. Gotcha. I need to, that's why I'm like, I have to talk to Lyft. And they were like, do you yeah. want to make a report about this driver? I said, no, I want to talk to Lyft, reopen it. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know if my dad, the inventor of toaster strudel would like to <laughs> Let's get back into imposter syndrome. Um, you know, is there any other ways that you feel it in your day-to-day -day life? 
Oh, gosh. Yeah. I mean, I really think with the pandemic, me and my friend were talking about this, like mental health wise, because um, I've I've suffered from anxiety and depression throughout my life. Mm-hmm. Um, with now, thank God, I'm like going into work some days because I'm filming. Mm-hmm. Um, so that really helps. And it makes me feel like, oh, I did something. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, even though I'd work from home, I stay in the house. And I feel like even though I, I could have written four articles in one day, I didn't do anything because I didn't leave my house you know what I mean um and with the pandemic that really just gosh it escalates uh anxiety and depression Mm -hmm. for me at least um and so there are some days where I really felt like an imposter like what am I doing out here coming from Ohio I came out to California with my sister's family like what am I doing out here you know I shouldn't have switched my major I shouldn't have done this I should be back home I should and and then the next day I'd be fine (laughs) you know Um, so sounds very manic actually. No, but, it's normal. <laughs> but like with, yeah, so imposter syndrome really comes and goes. Like if I'm really delved into work and I, and I exhaust my brain to the point where I don't think about it, I'm fine. Mm-hmm. But if I give myself a moment to think I'm an overthinker and then the syndrome really comes back, you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, it really comes and goes. I haven't felt it severely in since 2020, I would say, um, yeah. but it doesn't mean I won't ever feel it again. You know, I feel like it's really going to ebb and flow in my life. Oh yeah. I feel it. Um, I feel, I've been feeling it more recently as a content creator when people talk about like their downloads and listens. Mm. Oh. And so like, for instance, not to throw shit. I mean, Mike, my friend, Mike was telling me, Oh, like your episode has the most amount of listens. And he's like, what, how many listens are on mine? I like told him the listen count. And he's like, I'm not going to say the count of number on mine, but it's way higher. And I was like, the f- dude like <laughs> why yeah no yeah like and it's so it's sometimes I feel like I I feel like I I know that I'm doing something that makes me feel good I know I'm I know I have something to say I know I have my these stories I'm sharing matter mm-hmm. but some days I feel like what am I like it, where like am I just speaking into a vortex like yeah and does it really matter like does anyone give a shit like if I stop podcasting would anyone care and then and then the next day I'll be like on a drag queen thing or like yeah. you know or or I'll be on a live with someone and uh, or I will have a conversation that's like really fun and then I'm reminded okay this is why I'm doing it but I you know I, same as you it's like you know, when we've been just sitting in the house day in and day out, especially after losing my career, I mean, that was very emasculating mm. to oh, lose yeah. that and, and to feel so, um, lost afterwards. Mm. But then this yeah. has kind of helped me feel more normal and like come to terms with a lot of stuff plus therapy. So I feel imposter syndrome a lot when it comes to content creation in the sense that some days I just feel like I'm not shit. And then other days I feel like the shit. So it just yeah. kind of, it's, it's just weird. I, I totally relate. Yeah. No, you said it perfectly, especially with podcasts. I feel the same way. Some days I'm so drained, I can't even send out emails to get guests, you know? And then I'm like, I have a really big thing as far as, I was on TikTok or Instagram or something, and there's just a bunch of useless videos. And for some reason, I don't know if I have OCD, that really annoys me. I'm like, there are servers out there that are holding this this content, (laughs) this this shit content. And so I really don't want to produce content that's shit I want to like add value in some form yeah you know I mean? yeah there's okay some days, yeah there's some days where I'm like doing the podcast I'm like does this help anybody like <laughs> am I helping anybody and to me a laugh or an enjoyable conversation that's helpful yeah. even if you're just two friends having a conversation someone listening on the way home and they feel like they're not alone that's helpful you know what I mean so I'm not looking for groundbreaking stuff 
but also there's some days where I'm just like I, I create something I really enjoy and I really put a lot of work into it and it may not get the views like some other silly video I did and I'm like son of a bitch yeah you know? yeah okay Good example. Yeah. Um, my dog, I threw him a birthday party this week because he shares a birthday <laughs> with the queen. So he turned one. Okay. So I threw, him a, I threw him a birthday party. Vaccinated friends came over. His doggo friends came over. We also did a Zoom portion of it with his, mm-hmm. with his, because he's got like 2000 followers or something on Instagram and TikTok or whatever. Oh my gosh. Um, I'm at Bourdain dot, or I'm at Bourdain dot, I think I'm at, at Bourdain dog on TikTok, which I like do a mix of like podcasting. I'm in Guy Fieri cosplay and now Powerline cosplay. <laughs> Cause that's something I've been doing. Um, I'm, I have too much time on my hands, my friend, uh, <laughs> but I'm like you, I don't like to create content that's shit, but I, every time I think so, I don't understand the TikTok algorithm. I don't understand it. I great example. Right. So I, I'm, I, I, it was one in the morning when I was putting up these decorations for my dog's party. My friend was helping me cause she was staying with me. Her apartment ceiling collapsed and she was staying with me that night. And because she needed the hotels were too insane. And she's, um, a wife of one of my husband's sailors. So I was like, mm-hmm. yeah, like I have the extra room come over. And so she's helping me put up and we're like blowing up these mylar balloons. And she's helping me put up this, neither of us clock that the one is backwards. Right. <laughs> So I make this video. It's kind of like going a little bit viral on TikTok. And then I realize, oh, my friend DJ tells me she's like, the one is backwards. I'm like, oh, holy shit, it is. That's so embarrassing. And then I make a video and I was like, and I, and the, and the subject line of the video, cause I like, I do like the green screen and I'm like, that's so embarrassing. Oh my God. Like the one is backwards. I was like, I went to Sylvan Learning Center, you know? And, (laughs) um, and I, and my caption was, I bet this will be the most viral video about my dog. And Sure enough, most viral video about my dog. Oh my gosh. But I mean, that's, I don't, I don't understand the algorithm, but I agree. Like there's so many things where I'm like, why that's not even funny or relevant or whatever, but like it gets like a million views. I don't understand it, but I just, um, the best advice I've been given, and this is how I kind of, this is kind of how I go through life now. is just creating content for myself and like, just keep posting it because like, eventually it sticks. And like, that's kind of what I've done. It's like, Oh, you don't like me on TikTok. That's fine. I'll keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going. And mm-hmm. now it's like, I've starting to like gain the momentum again. And now that I've done, so my, my, so this the last weekend or the last couple of weekends of, um, Charlie Hyde's drag bingo. And this mm-hmm. week's theme is musicals, but it's also right. Today is my friend, Matt, who, um, is one of the hosts of internet intercontinental Kiki. Um, it's his birthday and he's doing a nineties virtual bingo and he's in Alberta, Canada. And I'm very excited, but he requested that I wear my power line costume that I was working on for drag bingo to his party. So I had to like <laughs> hyperspeed make this thing and I'm not very crafty, but I did, I made it. And, um, and then I started making obviously content in it. Cause like, why mm-hmm. not? And in my video on reels on Instagram is viral and all of my TikToks are gaining speed, like hyperspeed. Like you do power line. Like I'm not, I'm apparently not, I'm not shit when I do Guy Fieri. I think my Guy Fieri is hilarious and, and like, it's, it's funny on Instagram, but it's not funny on TikTok. It doesn't translate. But the second you do power line, boom. Wow. What the heck? <laughs> wow. I know. I know. So Ugh, I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I agree with you. I don't want to put content out that shit because I am a marketer or I, mm-hmm. well, I'm a journalist by trade. And, but I also think like the last year has taught us that like the dumbest stuff goes the furthest, yeah, it, but that stuff makes you laugh. And that's not shit content that makes you laugh, makes someone happy. You know what I mean by shit content is just like, it just caters, TikTok especially caters to young girls 
that just smile at the camera and wink or it's something. disgusting it's yeah. i report i report all of it it's disgusting it's like a and pedophile platform literally some of these things like it'll the entire video will be like a 16 year old girl done up like she's oh 20 God, yeah and she's just smiling lip syncing a thing yeah. and like i'm like oh my and it Blech. three million views i'm like who the hell is oh my god it's so gross i i how okay one i i can't dance worth shit so um <laughs> i i tried to learn the power line dance to eye to eye mm -hmm. um i have two left feet at all <laughs> times i'm i'm also neurodivergent so it's hard for me to like kind of mm -hmm. like understand how to do things yeah. and, I, and I'm like I'm kind of more of a like a doer not a, like a like I visually I can kind of see it but I kind of you know I'm gonna adapt it for me but honestly um I I don't like when people like when I was 16 I was on MySpace and trying to be a scene kid and <laughs> scene and oh you know and I was like trying to be cool and yeah. um I was not not doing any of this stuff and so I think it's bizarre. Um, I, I, something I love on TikTok is when people like children of the nineties, cause I was a child of the nineties. I was born in 1989. So I grew up in the nineties, peak nineties. Mm -hmm. And I love nostalgia. Like, as you know, like my, like my logo is very nineties. My, mm -hmm. my merch is very nineties. Um, and I like, I'm currently wearing a goofy movie shirt. <laughs> Didn't even Cute. clock that, but I really love nostalgia in nineties, but I love it when like older millennials make content that's like if TikTok existed like in the 90s yeah. right and like there's this one content creator i can't remember her name but she does like like <laughs> like point of view it's a going to or like point or, or aesthetic like going to a party at, in your in your teens yeah. or whatever <laughs> yeah exactly like getting dressed up yeah, and she's like it's like and she's like and then she's got like the braces and she's like you, you, I think you've probably seen it, right? Like, for, yeah. like yeah. And she's like, hey, Josh. Hey, Josh. And he's like, what up? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I love it. So I think like um, we've kind of touched on imposter syndrome and, and like I, I, I want to talk more about things that we're fanatical about and why. And then obviously as we're winding down, I want you to be able to promote your podcast and just stuff like that. So let's talk about fanaticals. Um, uh, what is one of the th few things you're fanatical about? Why currently Powerline? I love Powerline. And next Friday, I'm going to Disneyland what yes, I am. you got a pass well i have the military park hopper and so i went january of 2020 and i wasn't able to go again because of work and whatnot if i'd known i gotten fired i would have gone every weekend but uh <laughs> they ended up extending my military park hopper so i'm going to be there the day it opens some well if you had a pre-existing tickets you were able to book before it went open to the general public. And mm. if you are a California resident, which I am, even though I'm a, I'm a, a Colorado, like Colorado's where I actually reside mm -hmm. according to the military, as long as you have a utility bill, you can, you can go with your military ID. So I don't think they're doing the military park hoppers at the MWR, which is a um, uh, recreation um, for Navy, or I guess the military in general. Um, and they have a ticketing office, which usually will do like lower tier tickets, but they are selling day tickets. So if you get a ticket, you should be able to just like, um, you have to sit in the queue, but you should be able to go. Interesting. Uh, yeah. I've never done anything. Disney, Disneyland. What? Disney no, I'm just not oh a huge Disney God. person. But well, my, that's okay. Yeah. My coworker loves it. And she's like, you don't have to be a Disney fan to go. The rides, no, the food, it's... everything. Like, oh, okay. the corn dog. I am, I already have a TikTok 
in my head where mm-hmm. it's like, cause I've seen people do it at Disney world where they're like, their hand is open. And then I'm like basically waiting until I get that main street corn dog. And then like, I'm making, <laughs> I'm making that constant, um, faux show. I'm yeah. so excited. And I'm also going to be wearing my friend, uh, my friend Mario, he owns a, 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 a queer inclusive, um, bio or people of people of color, um, and, um, uh, minority, uh, inclusive Disney brand. That's just fucking kitschy and fun. Uh, I think I'm, I'm, it's going to be cold in the morning and it'll be red Friday, which is, you know, remember everyone deployed. So I'm either going to wear my satin Roger rabbit jacket with the playboy bunny, Roger rabbit on the back, or, but it's also like, I don't, it's going to take up too much space in my small backpack. So I might wear my Liotta, um, haunted mansion sweatshirt because they are reopening haunted mansion with now a photo opportunity. So I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. Decisions, 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 decisions. Okay. What are you fanatical about? (laughs) Uh, this past week, RuPaul, because of the finale. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> that was uh, the finale we needed. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I mean, I love Simone. Love, love mm-hmm. Simone. Um, but Mick and Simone should have been like, it, like how they did uh, Trinity, the Tuck, and yeah. um, uh, Monet Exchange. Yeah. Like how they had two queens for All-Stars. It should have been two queens. Like Mick and Simone were bomb. Um but yeah, so RuPaul, I'm always a fan of RuPaul, like day in, yeah. day out. But also Greta Van Fleet, they're my favorite band ever. And they released their album a couple, or their second album a couple weeks ago. So I got my uh, vinyl in yesterday and I'm going to listen to the album on the record player, which is so different than like Apple Music or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, those are the two. I love vinyl. I have, um, we have, we have vinyl and Greta Van Fleet. Uh, so she actually, I guess like, my friend, like it was her babysitter or something like that. Mm-hmm. So I've met her actually, um, because I went to a concert for free with my friend when she was o- opening for Imagine Dragons, which was like a very bizarre show. Um, and she was very, very nice. So I like her. The, the band, the four brothers. What, what imagine imagine dragons imagine dragons is like no no no. greater than fleet is four boys oh it's four boys then i'm not thinking of the same person okay. i am i'm really bad oh wait it's four boys okay i gotta google this who is this yeah they're like because i like... saw your that you're fanatical and i thought you were talking about greta the the person who's like all obsessed with uh making the world better okay oh, like Gret- no no no, no. <laughs> Is that um, Greta Thunberg or no. <laughs> who is that? We went to Sylvan. Don't worry about it. <laughs> um, okay. I don't know who they are uh, because I live under a rock and I'm a thousand years old, <laughs> Not but they look know. cool. They look cool. Okay. I'm yeah. into it. I'm into They're it. I'm feeling it. Old. Unfortunately, like for the first um, EP they had and the first album, they're like, dude, Led Zeppelin rip off. They're not like oh, uh, yeah. people who are true fans of Greta Van Fleet. Are like they're not Led Zeppelin. They get very defensive, but he, uh, the main singer Josh, sounds like Robert Plant. Okay. Um, he's kind of changed his vocals for the second album, but people—that's why people think that. Um, but yeah, I love them. Uh, I love Greta so so much. Yeah, yeah, uh, that's so cool. I love that. I have to look into them. So I'm looking at your unpopular opinions right now, and I'm cracking up because I agree with your <laughs> absolutely agree with your first one. Second one, totally agree with, and. Uh, <laughs> Third one, yes. Uh, so what is a few unpopular opinions you have and why? I hate this one because it's so cliche, like the pineapple on the pizza thing. Yeah. Um, everyone talks about it, but it annoys me because pineapple is the only thing that should be on pizza, honestly. Um, Agreed. Like, I love it, love it. I don't understand people that don't like it. Um, second unpopular opinion, I don't make my bed unless people are coming over. Um, just like I don't retie my shoes after I take them off. 
Um, I just don't understand why you would want to. I close my door. I mean, no one's looking at my bed. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. and then I, everyone says just practice and you'll get better at things. You, you really have to understand there's some things you're not going to be good at and that's yeah. okay. But I really believe like there's just some things, no matter how hard I try, I will never, I'm never going to be an artist. Yeah. I'm never, ever going to be an artist. And maybe if I, I, I don't even believe if I tried really hard and took lessons, I would be a good artist. I'm just not bred that way. So, yeah, yeah. I agree that there's some things you'll just never be good at. Like I will never be good at dancing. Like I dance, like <laughs> I, I truly, I mean, even when I was growing up in dance, like I would take mm-hmm. dance and I, I realized now it was like my, my neurological brain and also like being left-handed and also like being like very weird. <laughs> um, I was a weird kid, uh, but, <laughs> but I, I realized I'm just never going to, I'm always going to look like a mom or a dad at like a school dance. Like I'm always going to, I'm always going to look like a wacky, wavy arm flailing inflatable tube man, but like wearing mom you know jeans. What? That's you know? okay. Yeah. And like, <laughs> so, so I have this one TikTok that's actually pretty funny that I think is funny. And it's like, it was a trend that was going on and it was, um, the trend is like, oh, I wonder why I never get hit on at bars. First of all, I don't get hit on at bars because I go to gay bars with gay men. Yeah. And, right. And so I don't expect to be hit on. Second of all, I dress like a dad, a tourist dad at like Disney World, <laughs> like in the 90s. Like I one step away from wearing some Birkenstocks and yeah. um, I'm cool with it. Like that's me. That's who I am. Like I don't apologize for it. And I think like um, like you said earlier, um, as we're coming into uh, like 2020 and like what it's taught us, it's just like, it's, it's taught me, it's okay to be myself for sure. Mm-hmm. And that actually like being myself is like attracted way more to me than like not. So yeah. Um, yeah. Like I'm, I'm very loud and I won't shut up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So what's uh, currently making you happy in the world? Uh, right now is just basically family. Um, I feel like that's always really made me happy, but um especially now being away from from home in Ohio um even though I'm with my sister's family and uh, her two kids I also have like three nieces and nephews back home that I helped raise so I I really family is really important you know so being out here if I didn't have family especially during the quarantine I think I'd go mad Um, yeah but that really makes me happy like coming home yeah uh, from work and having them that always is awesome yeah you know what else is also making me happy what lips opened back up really uh-huh it started on thursday what we have to go you me your sister let's find a babysitter we got to do it <laughs> i did not hear about that lips heck? is open lips is reopen um naomi body daniels Oof. uh I, i'm friends with her she's gorge um and also i just saw a tiktok oh, i love my fyp page if we're talking about tiktok because it's full of just drag <laughs> queens and disney and it's and comedians it's so happy that's awesome and adhd people and so um <laughs> I, one of the first videos that said for you was, uh, I want to, I can't remember the name of her, but she's a, she's a local queen and she's at lips in a, doing chromatica on Thursday night. And I'm telling you, it was phenomenal. I'll have to send you the video. It was phenomenal. Yes. And, um, and like this one, one of the comments was if I was in San Diego, I'd be screaming. You can't stop me. It's like, um, no, not as loud as I would have been screaming. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, so it's making me happy that Lips is open because I, I I used to take the route to work like and drive every single day past Lips and every day I'd be like, I should go there. 
Mm -hmm. I should go there every single day. There's so many things that before the pandemic, I would just like wait on. And what this has taught me as the, as the world is like, you know, somewhat finding more of a normalcy, even though it's, we have no idea if the vaccine is going to do anything. Um, I, I have it, I'm fully antibodied, but I mean, who knows? So, mm-hmm. uh, as I, I still want to wear a mask, mask and keep my distance forever. You can never oh, stop that. I'm yeah. never, no. So uh, it's taught me as well that, um, you know, I don't want to wait on things anymore. I want to do them. Yeah. And so like, I want to go to lips before I, before I, uh, before I leave San Diego. So I'm doing it. Like I never gone. Uh, I've always avoided it because it always felt like it would be like too like, it's my bachelorette. Oh God. Yeah. I hate those Spare people. Me. I hate those so much. And like, like people with their phones up, like live streaming. No, like I, but I'm, as I've talked to some of the Queens that work there, they're like, no, like we really try not to have that happen. And like, and I also don't feel like in a, in while things are opening back up, that's going to be their peak audience right now. I think it's going to be people who would truly miss drag mm-hmm. and want to see it. So I'm very much looking forward to going there. I just need to figure out when, and um, yeah, I mean, like I forgot how expensive going out is. Oh my God. So especially out here like, yeah oh and I feel like prices maybe it's because we've we've been away from it for so long but I feel like prices are like insane now like yeah and ubers are insane and all of that's insane and I live in lemon grove so it's like way more expensive for me but mm. yeah so um yeah so that's making me happy in the world and we're of course winding down of course um you know we're friends outside of this so I could talk to you forever but um which I which I appreciate like that's something that this this podcasting has given me is like this crazy connections to people, but it blew my mind to know you were like so close. I know it's crazy. <laughs> I had no crazy. idea. Yeah. That's so cool. Um, and I so appreciate you coming on my podcast and I love yeah. to give my guests the floor to promote whatever they would like. So take it away. Well, first of all, thank you for having me. I always like talking to you. Yeah. Um, very easy to talk to. I feel like we bounce back and forth really well. Yep. Um, and plugging, um, I have my own podcast called OIC. It's basically where I I don't have ADHD but with the topics it looks like I do because I bounce from (laughs) like every topic really what interests me so I just got done with a 10-part series on linguistics and then now I'm kind of going um through tiktokers that I like uh and soon I'll be interviewing different family members it's really a lot about everything yeah (laughs) um so yeah if you're interested in learning about a new thing each week pop over to OIC it's available everywhere um, so yeah, yeah and I, I post every Tuesday. I, I love it. And um, of course, you know, to my listeners, all of that is going to be in the description per usual. Please reach out. Um, her podcast, your podcast is just great. And I love it. And, so and and you choose really interesting people, like really interesting TikTokers. Like you did a reading, you got a reading from someone. I mean, I'm just not trying to spoil it for people, but like there's some really cool episodes. This is crazy. My dog knows when I'm winding down a podcast. He literally came and sat <laughs> right next to my chair. That's insane. But anyway, to my listeners, of course, this is Please Don't Kick Me Out, the podcast about imposter syndrome. And if you like what you hear, please reach out to me, please don't kick me out.com. But we have merch thanks to Lara at Yay Graphic Design, who is guest number two on the podcast. You can help fund me, help computer, help me. I'm poor. Uh, please don't kick me out.com slash shop, live your nineties fantasy. And if you like what you hear, please, please, please rate me a five on Apple podcasts. That would mean the world to me. Yes. Tell a friend, reach out if you want to be a guest and to my guest today, Chloe, thank you so much. And I yes. hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. You too. And I will be looking for a text and invite to lips. Just so Oh you know. yes. Okay. Well, I'll coordinate. I'll coordinate. I'm literally about to text you. All right. Okay. Bye. <laughs> All right, bye. bye. bye.
Hey listeners, I wanted to share a special promotion for you from Dash of Pep. Dash of Pep is a clothing boutique that offers non-binary clothing that has fun prints that support mental health and empowering you to be your best self. In this pandemic, it is great to shop small and support small businesses like Dash of Pep. More than 50% of my wardrobe is from her adorable store. Robin at Dash of Pep has graciously given me a promo code for you to use at checkout. Use P-D-K-M-O to receive 15% off your order. Again, that is www.dash of pep.com and you can enter p-d-k-m-o at checkout to receive 15% off your order. This has been Please Don't Kick Me Out, a podcast about imposter syndrome. If you like what you hear, please subscribe, like, comment, share, tell a friend. You know, that's how I'm going to keep these stories going. Also, if you want to be a podcast guest, you can reach out to me at pdkmopodcast at gmail.com and we can get it set up. Thanks everyone for your continued support. And I look forward to, you know, connecting with you again next Monday. Thank you.